Welcome to Everyday Buddhism, making every day better by applying the proven tools found in Buddhist concepts. Welcome to episode 103 of Everyday Buddhism, making every day better. This week, over at my new premium Substack podcast, Words from My Teachers, I released episode six, Continuing Readings from the Book, The Center Within, by Reverend Gyome Kabose. In the episode, I read the following essays, Middle Way, Water, Purposeless Purpose, No Mind, and How the Buddha Taught. As a special bonus episode for the Everyday Buddhism podcast, I am sharing the reading of the essay Purposeless Purpose. It's a wonderful essay to reflect on, as they all are in the center within, but I'm releasing it here on the Everyday Buddhism podcast as a companion piece to this episode. And you'll find it in the next episode, episode 104. But as a special introduction to the bonus episode, I'm adding some new content in this re-release of an episode I did in June of 2022 called Why Nonsense Makes the Most Sense, which was built on or formed around the theme of the essay Purposeless Purpose. I'd like to add an insight about meditation that is related to the purposeless purpose message. I get a lot of questions about meditation, both in messages from the website and in the Everyday Buddhism Introduction to Buddhism course. The questions focus on the how-tos, of course, but also with the persistent questioning and concerns people have about not doing it right or why can't I stop thoughts, or I can't sit on the floor, or meditation makes me more agitated, or I hyperventilate when I focus on the breath, and on and on. Anyway, you get the idea. I'm going to say something now that will strike some people wrong, and you may get cautionary warnings from strictly aligned Buddhist practitioners from various Buddhist schools and lineages, that I am leading you astray with these suggestions. I want you to hold both their cautions and my words lightly, without rejecting one or the other, and just try it out. That's all the Buddha ever asked that we do. Try it and see if it works. Reverend Koyo Kabose of the Bright Dawn Center of Oneness Buddhism coined the term special place of tranquility, or SPOT as an acronym. He used it as an alternative to the word altar and suggested that you could have and should have a dedicated place in your home that you use for this tranquility. Now, his comment about the word tranquility was that it does not refer to just a quiet serenity, but involves a notion of quiet power or dynamic serenity. 
I've always loved the suggestion of this spot and have incorporated one in my life. And I also have adopted a practice of dynamic serenity. I think dynamic serenity embraces the concept of constant change and interconnectedness that is central to Buddhist teachings. You know, there are many forms of meditation, mindfulness, and awareness practices, but people can be intimidated to start and self-critical as they try to practice. As an alternative, I would like to suggest a way to use your spot and practice dynamic serenity. It's a way I practice, and it can be done for 20 minutes, 10 minutes, 5 minutes, or even 1 minute. It is formless in that it is objectless, and in fact, it has no rules at all except this. Don't make an effort and don't not make an effort. Now, I borrowed that phrase, don't make an effort and don't not make an effort, from Dharmacharya Subhuti of the Triatna Buddhist community. I borrowed it because it summarizes dynamic tranquility perfectly. A perfect, purposeless, purpose type of meditation. You just sit. Now, not in the more formal Zen Shikantaza way of just sitting, but sitting down for a bit, settling into it. Now, this is settling into and sitting down without the TV on, without looking at your phone, without listening to music, you get the idea. So just sit down, settle into it, and watch your thoughts and awareness, just watching without engaging by running away with the thoughts or running away from them, and enjoying the dynamics of doing it. But again, Don't cling to the enjoyment, just be in it. Being in it means things come and go. But if we don't grasp them, you're enjoying the coming and going, the dynamics. Now, you can do this for however long you want to. It might end up being two minutes or 20 minutes. But my guess is, if you do this frequently, the length of time will gradually increase. And you will probably even want to do it more than once a day. I suppose we could lump this into the category of what is generally considered formless meditation, which traditionally is also known as objectless meditation or choiceless awareness. It is a type of meditation practice where the Practitioner lets go of focusing on a specific object, mantra, or thought. Instead, the emphasis is on open awareness and observing whatever arises in the mind without attachment or judgment. Now, in traditional formless meditation, the goal is to cultivate a state of pure awareness free from the constraints of form or structure. We could 
use that as a label for what we're doing. But I think it's best not to label it. And it's definitely not good to give it a goal. It's a non-effort and a non-goal practice of dynamic tranquility. Try it. Let me know. Now on to the re-release of episode 71 recorded in June 2022. And don't forget to listen to the reading of Purposeless Purpose in the next episode. I was recently asked by my friend Christopher Kakio Ross LeBeau, the founder and sensei of the Salt Lake City Buddhist Fellowship, to give a Dharma talk to his Sangha. He specifically asked if I might talk about the essay Purposeless Purpose from Reverend Gyome Kabose's book, The Center Within. It is that talk, combined with a comment I received from one of my Sangha members, that is the inspiration for this podcast episode. I titled the talk I gave to Christopher Kakio Sensei Sangha, Nonsense is Important in Life. I riffed off of Reverend Gilmay's Purposeless Purpose line, drilling deeper into the Dharma to reflect on how important the essence of that phrase is to the path of a Dharma practitioner and how important it is for us in our everyday lives to keep that sort of light touch, not holding on too tightly to concepts and stories in our minds and not grasping at the appearances of so-called quote-unquote reality. Did you know the concept of nonsense that Reverend Gilmay talks about is really also based on Mahayana Dharmic principles found in the sutras? Actually, as those of you who have experienced, have had any experience reading the Lotus Sutra, the Pure Land Sutras, or the Prajnaparamita texts, the Heart Sutra and the Diamond Sutra, I'm sure you cried out at some time or another in your reading, this is nonsense. I don't understand a word of it. This nonsense that befuddles us with seeming circular logic found in the sutras and nothing that even resembles logic in Zen koans is at the very heart of right understanding and the rest of the Noble Eightfold Path. Reverend Gome spoke to this simply but brilliantly when he wrote, quote, too much intelligence or too much efficiency can create trouble. So we must learn non-intelligence, which is super-intelligence. And this is where it also ties into the question or comment I received from one of my Sangha members after they had listened to the podcast episode 68, The Buddha's Wife, Yusodara and the Buddha with Vanessa Sasan. This Sangha member wrote, quote, I am highly intrigued by the ideas of this fabulous version of Buddhism that was discussed in the episode with Vanessa Sasan. Vanessa talking about how just listening to these stories that are part of other traditions can be valuable lessons really spoke to me. I was wondering if there are any texts you recommend that are more rooted in these traditions of Buddhism that are less secular. I never really thought I'd be interested in this, actually, but it sounded so fun in this podcast conversation, 
And you know, sometimes I struggle to stay engaged with Buddhism, so perhaps a more fantastical depiction of it would help in some ways, unquote. What a wonderful question. And it was a good insight that was uh, that the listener had and my Sangha member. I was excited to receive that email and happy to talk more about it with them. And so I'll talk more about it in this episode too. I will link this back more directly to the purposeless purpose I began this episode with, but let's, I'm going to go off on a little side story now about what that Sangha member said about struggling to stay engaged with the more secular Buddhism that has seemingly become the Buddhist norm in our country and in, in the West. I am surprised, actually, I haven't heard this comment before. You know, we are a storytelling people. These fabulous stories that are at the, ve- the very heart of Buddhism are brushed aside by many presenting a secular Buddhist approach. And in that dismissal, not only the stories are ignored, buried, but the reason, the why of what the Buddha taught is sacrificed to the altar of purpose, productivity, and getting what we want. Our Sangha is currently studying the Diamond Sutra right now. I'm going to share a bit of verse 3 and see if you see a similar dialectic at play to what I just shared from Reverend Gilmay's writing about um, non-intelligence being superintelligence. What I'm sharing is the Buddha answering Subhuti's question. And Subhuti was one of the Buddha's best um, students and, and was probably the, the most enlightened, if you will. So Subhuti posed this que- a question in the previous verse, and this was the question. He said, if a noble son or daughter should set forth on the Bodhisattva path, how should they stand? How should they walk? How should they control their thoughts? Now that's a very intelligent, important question, right? He wants to know, Subhuti wants to know what we should do, how we should behave if we want to be good bodhisattvas or future Buddhas. So the Buddha answered this, Subhuti, those who would now set forth on the bodhisattva path should thus give birth to this thought. However many beings there are in whatever realms of beings that might exist, in whatever conceivable realm of being one might conceive of beings, in the realm of complete nirvana I shall liberate them all. And though I thus liberate countless beings, not a single being is liberated. Okay, that's nonsense, right? (laughs) As nonsensical as Reverend Gilmay when he wrote, so we must learn non-intelligence, which is superintelligence. You know, the Diamond Sutra is full of this quote-unquote nonsense because it is one of the Prajnaparamita texts. Prajnaparamita means perfect wisdom or the perfection of wisdom or the perfection of transcendent wisdom. That sounds a lot like superintelligence, right? The Prajnaparamita texts reveal the superpower of the Dharma because the wisdom it contains is transcendent. You can't get there from here. 
by ordinary wisdom means or intelligent means. And you certainly can't get there by what is normally considered intelligence. You can only get there by learning the non-intelligence that Reverend Guillaume spoke of. Too often, I see people coming to Buddhism attracted by the mental bling they see hiding in these and all the other sutras or, or driven by a commitment to push themselves to enlightenment like someone dragging themselves to the gym. And although those paths can lead you to something that makes you feel like your life has gotten better, my experience tells me it is like taking what is considered the smartest or most efficient way to a new destination, thinking it is the best way, only to find out it actually takes longer and ends up bringing you to a place that once you get there, you realize you didn't want to go. And sometimes a frantic stab at Google Maps when you're lost can create the exact same problem. You know, I started my journey into Buddhism grasping at the mental bling. You know, the list, the debates, the philosophy. My initial reason for wanting to understand more about Buddhism really was that I wanted more emotional and mental peace. Then, before you know it, all that intellectual glitter caught my eye and I tumbled into thinking, I must learn all these lists. I must learn all these schools and all these teachings and read all the sutras and on and on and on and on. Needless to say, I didn't find the peace I was looking for. Just more striving, more confusion, more feeling like I wasn't quite enough. So dipping back into Reverend Gilmay's essay, he wrote, quote, if we continually live in the midst of purposeful, directed activity, soon we will feel pressured and must enters our lives. There is no naturalist. In the book, Heard by Me, Essays on My Buddhist Teacher by Shuichi Maeda, another student of Reverend Haya Akagarasu, like Reverend Gyome Kabose was, Maeda writes this, quote, I am most grateful that Reverend Akagarasu gave me absolute freedom. I am not obligated to him in any way. There is not even one thing that I must do because I am his student. If I am myself, that's good enough. But what else could I be besides myself? I have not received any dharma from my teacher to transmit to others. I just live as myself. And then he went on to say, my teacher has a poem. And here's the poem. There is no my dharma to be transmitted. There is no my student either. There are only the stars twinkling in the high sky. Unquote. What I have learned about the Dharma through Reverends Koyo and Gyome Kabose is just that, to live as myself. No striving, no grasping after the Dharma, no grasping at teaching, just living as myself, which includes reading and reflecting on the Dharma and talking to others about it, but not in a way to get anywhere but in a way to experience the Dharma in my life and see how it is being lived in the lives of others. I try not to conceptualize 
my Dharma practice in any other way, like checking to see if I'm being the perfect student or being a better teacher, or even though the Bright Dawn lineage, and even though the Bright Dawn lineage is built on rebels, like from Shinran on down to Reverend Koyo Kabose, what they taught has its basis in all the sutras. Revisiting the so-called quote-unquote nonsense we sampled before from the Diamond Sutra, here's an explanation on how a bodhisattva in training should behave, as quoted uh, from a Chinese master in Red Pine's commentary on the Diamond Sutra. Quote, when you're happy, I'm not. When you're sad, I'm not. A crane thinks of flying north or south. A swallow thinks of his old nest. Autumn moon and spring flower thoughts never end. You only need to know yourself right now. Unquote. And Red Pine further quotes another Chinese master and poet um, in response to the Buddha's answer to Subhuti's question about not a single being being liberated. Quote, Manjushri once asked the Buddha, what do you mean when you say not a single being is liberated? And the Buddha replied, our nature is ultimately pure and subject to neither rebirth nor nirvana. Thus, there are no beings to be liberated and there is no nirvana to be attained. It is simply all beings revert to their own nature, unquote. Knowing ourselves is not about building up our ego self-nature, but about seeing it and also seeing our non-self nature or Buddha nature. Yet the promise from the Prajnaparamita texts and from Reverend Gyome and from life itself seems to be that in the no attainment that we talked about in the Prajnaparamita text is also the purposeless purpose Reverend, Reverend Gyome speaks of. So what we are left with is life as it presents itself to us and in us. But to understand that, we need to relax. We need not to try to be anyone else but ourselves being aware of what is happening at the moment. My overall word of advice for enjoying being a student of the Dharma is to relax and not try to figure it out. Honestly, one of the main points, if not the whole point, of practicing with the Prajnaparamita Sutras is to not try and understand it. That is what these sutras are teaching. It's not understanding. It's not about concepts. It's about living. Red Pine wrote that once you understand about not trying to understand, quote, you may find the Diamond Sutra like a piece of beautiful music. Without straining at all, the meaning will just enter you, unquote. And sometimes in that relaxing, you'll discover the Dharma, you'll discover life, you'll discover yourself. And it is my experience that without a little goofing off, right, <laughs> you can never really understand anything or never really 
non-understand anything. That's the advice I leave you with. It's the advice I got from my own journaling to myself some 30 plus years ago when I had to leave my job due to systemic lupus and I was depressed because I wasn't being productive and I didn't know who I was if I wasn't this thing that I was when I was working. A sentence came out of me in that journal that I had no recollection of intending to write, planning to write. I didn't form the words. It was, quote, you are the hero of fun, unquote. Now I realize that sounds ridiculous. Nonsense, you say. But it is only in rediscovering that sense of, if not fun, then childlike wonder and joy that I have come to understand and relax in life as it is. In that relaxing in life as it is, the doors to awareness are thrown open and everything looks a little clearer, a little brighter, a little more alive. This advice comes from many, not just Buddhist teachers and writers, and I'll leave you with a similar bit of advice that I suggest you put into practice on some days every month. It comes from a favorite poem of, poem of mine, and it might even have been this favorite poem of yours if you remember it. It was from Song of Myself from the book Leaves of Grass by Walt Whitman. Quote, I celebrate myself. And from what I assume, you shall assume for every atom belonging to me as good as belongs to you. I loaf and invite my soul. I lean and loaf at my ease, observing a spear of summer grass. That's it for today's episode. Next up, as usual, some announcements. The first announcement is that the next Introduction to Buddhism course begins Thursday, February 22nd, 2024 at 7.30 p.m. U.S. Eastern Time, and that is virtual via Zoom. The course is a real-life approach to living the Noble Eightfold Path based on the course text, Everyday Buddhism, Real-Life Teachings and Practices for Real Change by Wendy Shinyo Halet. The course is free to everyday Buddhism community and everyday Sangha members. If you are not a community or Sangha member and don't wish to join either, the suggested donation is $25. The course runs nine weeks from Thursday, February 22nd through Thursday, April 18th, 2024. We will need a donation or request for scholarship to ensure your registration. If you join the membership community or Everyday Sangha, you can cancel your participation in those and the intro course at any time. And no one will be turned away for lack of funds. If you are unable to donate or join at the member or Sangha level, please contact me at Wendy Shinyo at Everyday dash buddhism.com. There is a link to the details of the introductory course and to register in the show notes. Also, next we will begin a new study of the Way of the Bodhisattva by Shantideva starting February 10th in the Everyday Sangha. 
The Sangha is a private donation-supported group that meets virtually via Zoom every other week on Saturday mornings at 10 a.m. U.S. Eastern Time. Our meetings consist of a service first, including traditional vow recitations and other invocations like refuge and bodhisattva vows, chanting, and a short meditation period. The service introduces more ritual and liturgy into the structure of our meetings, much like you would find at a non-virtual Buddhist temple, church, or sangha. The service does include a Dharma talk by one of the practice leaders or myself, and possibly a Dharma glimpse by one of our Sangha members. After the service, we open it up to discussion of the current book study or of anything that was inspired by one of the Dharma talks or just by your life in the last couple of weeks. Consider joining the Sangha at this time to be a part of the new study, practice, and a warm and welcoming Sangha community. You can learn more about the Sangha by viewing the latest bonus YouTube podcast where me, Bradley Janayo-sensei, and Terry Zenkai-Hoskin, our practice leaders, talk about what the Sangha and what everyday Buddhism is all about. You can also support this podcast and the other activities of everyday Buddhism by becoming a community member for $5 a month. If you do, you have access to all members-only podcasts, an education series, the Introduction to Buddhism course, the Buddhist Book Club, and a private group on a non-Facebook platform. Now, if you don't follow me or the Everyday Buddhism community on any social media platforms we post in, you can go to the Everyday Buddhism website and join the membership community or the Everyday Sangha. And of course, you can register for the introductory course. Just go to www.everyday-buddhism.com and click on either the tab that says Join Members Community or Join Everyday Sangha or the Introduction to Buddhism course Details and Registration tab. Also, you can join through Patreon at patreon.com forward slash Everyday Buddhism. Links to joining the Everyday Sangha and membership community are posted in the show notes as well. I thank all of you who contribute in any way. This podcast, the community, and the Sangha depend on your donations to continue to exist. As you know, I do not seek podcast sponsors, and I don't ask for financial commitments through paid podcast memberships. So my work and the costs needed to support what I do is entirely self-funded except for your donations. Please consider a one-time or continuing donation through Patreon or on my website's donate tab. You can also buy me a coffee on the Coffee Cub link on the website. You can find all these links in the show notes. And thanks, too, to all of you who write in with comments and questions. I read your emails and may even pick your question to feature in a bonus podcast. I can't always respond, though, but keep them coming. Another way you can help is to rate and review the podcast on your favorite podcast platform. You know, it's really important to share 
a favorite podcast with others, especially if you find it helpful in your life. And if you could, take a minute to comment on it so people will know why you love Everyday Buddhism. That's all for the announcements for this time. So until next time, keep finding ways to make yours and everyone's days better. <music>